Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Rob Schallenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Rob is a best-selling author, former F-16 fighter pilot, Air Force One advance agent, world-renowned keynote speaker and corporate trainer who's trained Fortune 500 companies around the world, executive coach, father of four, and the CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Now, here is Rob Schallenberger. All right, welcome to our BYB family and friends to this week's podcast. I have an incredible guest with us today, one who I know is going to share some powerful tips that can transform your life and business. Now, before I introduce him, I wanted to share with you a free gift with no strings attached. It's something designed specifically to help you personally, in your relationships, and in your business with your teams. We want to help you establish a success rhythm in every area of your life. So for those who aren't already getting these powerful success rhythm emails, I invite you to go to becomingyourbest.com and simply put in your first name and email. What you're going to receive is a powerful idea, specific actionable steps that you can use this week to help you master the 12 success principles. Teams and families around the world are using these every day to do things they never thought they could do before. What you're also going to get, free gift, you know, no strings attached. I want you to be, understand that this is something that you can simply use. It's not going to be shared with anyone else. What you're also going to get is a motivational quote to start your day every morning. So if you'd like these powerful emails, simply go to becomingyourbest.com, put in your first name and email, and that's all there is to it. So let's move on. I want to introduce to you our amazing guest today. <laughs> Dallin is a close friend and truly an incredible person. And he also gave me a dose of humble pie this morning as we played racquetball at 6 a.m. <laughs> so Dallin Larson grew up in Idaho. He's one of 10 children. He's an Eagle Scout. He had a bachelor's degree from BYU in 1986. He's a serial entrepreneur starting several businesses while in college, but for years and years afterwards as well. And I'm not overstating this to say that he has literally helped create billions of dollars in revenue over a 25-year career in direct selling and, again, literally helping tens of thousands of people achieve their dreams. He was named a National Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2009 for his success as founder and CEO of Mona V. And when I say success, I'm talking about a company that within just four to five years was up in the high hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. He started this. He blessed people's lives around the world and did incredible things with that organization. So he and his wonderful wife, Carrie, also have 11 children, which is an amazing feat, and five grandchildren. And I am privileged to call Dallin Larson a wonderful friend and close neighbor. So Dallin, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Rob, and letting me and thanks for letting me win at racquetball. So I'd be in a good mood for this uh, podcast today. Well, it's always nice to start off today in a humble and be, you know, be humbled. <laughs> well, Dallin, let's jump into this today. You know, it's really important that I think people get to know you and your background. Uh, so often we see success. So often we see you know people with a beautiful home, beautiful car, and we think I can never get there, or you know that's just not me. And oftentimes I've always been amazed at the background that people come from. You know, we start as these babies with unlimited potential. Somewhere along the way, most people resign themselves to accepting mediocrity at some point. So just maybe you could share with our listeners, you know, what was your life like growing up? What was your earliest and most significant experience or realization that gave you evidence that you could be successful? 
So maybe just put some of your success in context if you could. Well, thanks, Rob, and great to be with you. And I want to congratulate you and, and Steve and all the team at <clears throat> Becoming Your Best um, and for the good work that you're doing around the world to help coach and mentor people to becoming their best. So as a child, I grew up in a small town, a rural town, a potato town, really. Uh, my dad owned his own business, so I grew up with an entrepreneur, with my dad. He and my mom raised 10 kids, seven boys and three girls. Um, listen, I was... I guess I've always rooted for the underdog because I'm an underdog. And so I guess my message around the world over the last 25 years is it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And each of us were born with the spark of the divine inside of us. Um, and when we realize that, it's all of a sudden like, like the light goes on and you realize, wow, I can really go out and do something. So I guess that happened to me when I was a senior in high school. I was sitting watching the awards for all the great students of Madison High School, the class of 1977, getting these scholarships, and my name didn't come up. I got, I think, a 13 on the ACT. I have yet to meet the person who got a lower score on a college entrance exam than I. <laughs> I was in a rock and roll band. I played guitar. You know, all I really cared about was, was sports and, and music. I didn't really, really care for, for academics. But as I sat in that audience that day, something sparked in me saying, Dallin, it's just not your time yet. My mom and dad, I mean, they gave me roots and wings instead of loot and things. I, I talk about that a lot. We had a big garden. And I remember one time my brother Randy went to dad and said, you know, I got my HP calculator here and I figured out how much time I've spent uh, getting the weeds out of this row of tomatoes. And we would have been better off just buying those tomatoes. And my dad turned to him and said, Randy, that would have been true, but we weren't raising tomatoes, we were raising children. So I was blessed with parents who understood parenting and they took it seriously and they gave me roots and they taught me how to work hard uh, and that's paid off. So I credit anything of any value that I've achieved in my life, I really credit to my parents who, who taught me the value of work and I've learned that even if you weren't blessed with, with great intellectual ability, uh, if you can learn to work hard, uh, you're always going to find opportunity and success in this world if you're willing to go out and, and fight for it. And so my parents gave that to me. I love that. You said, I think it was, how did you say that again? Roots and wings? Say that again. And so they gave me roots and wings, not loot and things. My dad owned a clothing store and he gave all of his kids 30% discount on clothes. And I realized later he still made 20% <laughs> each of his own children. He didn't give me anything except for love and uh, and discipline and um, maybe the school of hard knocks but it was fair uh, my parents were married 62 years had fifth, 10 children 59 grandchildren I just buried my dad this summer uh, but man I was blessed and so but I realized that you know I, I was I was I was planted in fertile soil and I realized that not everyone is as fortunate as me a lot of people come from from divorced families, they don't have a mom and a dad there tucking them into bed every night and stuff. So I'm, uh, I cheer for those people who are underdogs, and that's why it's important in life to not only have your parents, but surround yourself with with people be, uh, that are they're better than you at different things, and, and because we become the sum of the people we hang around with. That's why I encourage people to to get that daily e email from becoming your best. Surround yourself, find a mentor, uh, find someone who's got something that you want and really get close to them and, and, and ask them to coach you or mentor you. That's important in life, whether it's a parent, whether it's someone who has achieved a level of success in a field that's of interest to you. 
I love that advice, Dallin. That is wonderful. You know, I love that what you said there, uh, that you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So we'd all be wise to consider and ask ourselves, where do we spend that time and with who are those people and do they inspire us? I love that, Dallin. Let me ask you another uh, couple of questions here. One of the things we did when we launched these podcasts is we sent out a survey, a questionnaire to all of our listeners, and we asked them, you know, what is it that you would like to hear? What is it that you would like to learn about? And we got all kinds of questions, responses. And so I'm going to ask you two of the questions that we got from our listeners. And these are perfect for you and down your, down your alley. The first one is, if I'm a leader, what should be one of my top priorities as a leader? And, you know, I just want to, again, for this podcast, define the word leader as anyone who influences change. So that could be a teacher. It could be a 14-year-old. By that definition, we are all leaders of some sort. So let me just ask you again there, if I'm a leader, what should be one of my top priorities? Well, you know, you can go to any bookstore, go online. There's, there's literally thousands of books on leadership and success. And, you know, you can read those books and it's important. But I, I think one of the things that, uh, that, that makes a difference is, is to be authentic for who you are. Don't try to be anybody else. Um, it's important for you to be trustworthy. So, because it, it, if you're lying or people, people can see through that stuff. So be authentically you, uh, be a trustworthy person. When you make a mistake, own up to it and say, you know what? We didn't do so good on that one. I apologize for that. Um, be honest. You know, I'm an Eagle Scout. That's one of the things I did that was positive in my, my youth. Uh, my, my failure wasn't an option on that. My mom said, you will earn your Eagle Scout. Hmm. So I, I found that I learned the, the motto, scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. You know, those are values that we would all be wise to, to do an, an evaluation of our life and say, where can I improve in these areas so that if and when I'm in a position of, of leading other people, that I, can, that I can lead them to a safe place. You know, I've, I've been blessed. I've been able to travel all over the world, um, speaking in front of, front of hundreds of thousands of people. And I've also become acquainted with a lot of people who do that. And it's amazing to me, a lot of people who speak, what they, what they say on stage and how they live their life are different. Um, so it's and not that anybody's perfect. We all have our own faults and weaknesses. But it's just so important, I think, to be honest, trustworthy, also vulnerable. Um, vulnerable, and that, 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 that takes on a lot of different meanings. But those are a few things that I think are are important. I think also for a leader, you've got to really look in the mirror and leadership is lonely um, because oftentimes it's just, it's just between you and there's sometimes there's nobody else you can go to. So in those moments of loneliness, you need to, you need to realize and recognize what is your why? Why are you doing this? What is your mission statement? What are your values that you're unwilling to compromise with? And I say this from experience because, you know, for, you know, even though I was taught by amazing parents, you know, I was climbing that ladder of success, and success for me was was pretty much all financial. But I lost a marriage in my 30s because I was traveling so much, and I went into a into a into a deep hole after that, very discouraging. And then I I tried to realign myself to to really say, who am I? What are the things that are most important in my life? And and I realigned myself with with putting my, my faith in God and my relationship with God, number one in my life, then my family, and then my business. And so the second time I had a chance to start a company and found a company in 2005, I made some commitments. 
um, to God on my knees with my new bride. And we tried to make good on that. And so now one of the things I would encourage anybody to do, whether you're a leader or whether you're following a leader, we're all leaders in different areas of our lives, is whether you follow that same strategy I've used to put God number one, your family number two, and your business third, because if if you're not properly aligned, then you know at the end of the it's just, life is just going to go better that way. Not that it's going to be easy because it's not meant to be easy. Uh, but I get up every morning. Um, well, I, I try to get up every morning. There's some mornings I miss, <laughs> but I try to spend an hour in the in the in the Word, uh, reading from God's Word, and then praying about it, asking Him to 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 be with me and to guide my steps. Um, and that's made a big difference. I mean, when people say, how, can, how did Monavi do so well? I say, I, listen, I give all the honor to the Lord because I made some commitments and, and I asked him for some things, some specific things. And we took that company from zero to almost a billion dollars a year in sales, faster than Microsoft did it, faster than Starbucks did it. At the end of the day, I lost control of the company. And so I learned a great life lesson. If you want to control the outcome of something, don't lose control of the outcome. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, those those are a few things on leadership I think are important. I've spoken to John Hopkins in different different places on leadership, and everyone's got their ten steps of leadership. But I think those are a few things that are very important to be honest with yourself, to be honest with every with, with other people, to be a trustworthy person, and to be vulnerable, and to order your life with God number one, your family number two, and your business number three. Because there are things more important than financial success. Here I am sitting in my home. We live on 27 acres in a beautiful home that my wife designed, looking up at the Wasatch Mountains. Life is great, but I have learned that, you know, even though we've got a degree of financial freedom now, um, I've realized that it really is true that whether you live in a, in a two-bedroom home or, or on 27 acres, that doesn't define, hopefully that doesn't define me. Um, what I care about is at the end of my life, to look back on my life and say, did I do something significant? Did I help make the world a better place? Did I provide hope and opportunity for people? Did I accomplish what God sent me here to accomplish? Those are the things that drive me, really. That is fabulous advice, Alan. And I was actually taking notes here uh, for some things that I could use later. And you know what you said reminded me a couple of things stood out. One is in our training, our seminars, one of the things we share is that 68% of business leaders feel like their number one challenge is how to prioritize their time. Mm. And I think you just gave some business leaders out there some great advice, and not just business leaders, but you know anyone. If you're trying to run a school, whoever it might be. And in fact, just before we got on this podcast, I got an email from someone. And in the email, he said this. He said, have you ever seen the movie where there's a sinking car and the people are getting their last breath of air before they go underwater in the car? He said, that's how I feel right now. Right. <laughs> And when people, especially leaders, are in that circumstance, your priorities are critical because, as a wise man said, no success in the business place can compensate for failure in the home. So I think what you shared there was great advice, Alan. And I also, Rob, I would say put down your phone, turn off your computer once in a while, um, and walk around and look in the whites of people's eyes and really develop a relationship and communicate, make them part of the team. Um, I mean, way, 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 way too much time is spent today on social media. Um, I don't care how many friends I have on Facebook. Those aren't real friends. My friends are people (laughs) that I have a relationship with. Um, So anyway. Yeah, that's great. Well, let me ask you another question from our listeners. Fabulous advice there. Here's the other question we got from them. How can I motivate other people to reach their potential and do their best? Let me say that one more time. How can I motivate other people 
to reach their potential and do their best? That's a good question. I guess I, I look back at um, the early days of Monavi, and we had a, a program where where the early the people who were early had, they had an opportunity through production. I don't believe in I don't believe in reward before production. Um, but if they produce, then they could own a piece of the rock. And everyone wants a piece of they they want to belong. They want to feel like okay, this is the last place I'm going to work, but I want it to be fun and enjoyable and rewarding satisfying, significant, all of those things. So to the degree in which companies are able to have some program in place where, where from, the, from the C level to the brand new person, they produce something, then the sense of the, the, the more that a company can give employees a sense of ownership uh, through, through however instrument you use. And sometimes, you know, it's not just money that, that people like, it's about recognition and rewarding and and no sweeter name sound than the sound of one's own voice. So, tr so getting around and recognizing people, figuring out how they can have some sort of shared ownership, is those, those are things that are important. We used to have every every week get, get gathered employees together and just talk to them, and make them feel safe so that you know there's no dumb idea. Um, reward reward some failure once in a while. My gosh, if you're not failing at things, you're not trying. I've had listen, Rob. I've had 12 careers. <laughs> now, the ladder to success, the line of, of success is not straight. It is messy. That's been my experience. Hmm. And I'm so grateful it's messy. I mean, my mom called me once and said, Dale, when are you going to find something and stick with it? And I said, when I, find, when I feel content, Mom, when I feel like I was found what I was born to do, and it took me a while, a lot of start, stop, start, stop, and some people would say that was failures. Listen, 13 on the ACT, 12 different careers, and then start a company, go from zero to almost a billion dollars in three years, recognizes the Ernst & Young National Entrepreneur of the Year. How does that happen? It happens because you don't quit. Now, some people say that you know, leaders don't quit. That's just baloney. Now, my experience is this, that, that leaders quit on things. They don't quit on themselves. They never quit on themselves. They quit on things that aren't working. They make adjustments, okay? That's what great coaches do. They make adjustments in-game and in business and in families. We make adjustments in-game, in life. Every day, every week, we have to uh, – there's got to be accountability and adjustments. But anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of rambling. I, I get excited about stuff like this. <laughs> I know that there's people out there who got maybe not as bad on an ACT score or maybe they, they feel like they've been a failure. Congratulations. You know, I don't I don't view those things as failures. Those are different experiences that each took me to a different place so that I finally found that man, this is what I was born to do. And then we had an amazing run. And I'm not done yet. Listen, I I love the golf. One of my goals was to shoot under par sometime in my life. And I've spent this this last summer, the best golf of my life. I'm fifty-six years old. I finally shot under par. That's a hey, that's that's evidence to me that you know you just keep trying and trying and trying and trying and eventually you try hard enough and you use right technique and good things can happen. But I plan next year to probably start another venture, not not for the financial purpose of it, but to go out and teach correct principles and to give hope and opportunity to people from around the world. So I'm excited for my next venture. I refuse to believe that my best days are behind me, but in, but in front of me. And I think if people feel that way, then they get a, they're going to have a bounce in their step as they get out of bed every day. Yeah, I feel like jumping out of my chair. I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, Dal, that was actually great. And again, I'm taking notes here as you talk. There's several things that stood out to me. You know, recognition and reward. Never giving up. Uh, never giving up on ourselves as leaders. I, I know someone who went out and they tried something and it didn't work. 
And they said, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the company I left and I'm just going to finish out my career there and, and call it good. And, you know, that was a sad story to see that happen. Uh, another thing you said that stood out is rewarding failure. And it's interesting to walk through all of these different companies and see how they interact with each other. And some of them will just come down hard, punish their employees if they make a mistake or if they have failure. Some will even fire their employees. And how do we innovate? You know, how yeah. do we do new things if we're punishing failure, and especially in our children? Rather, rewarding failure. You know, we don't want to experience that, but giving people incentives to go out and try new things. All right, so let me go to a, a couple of other points. And I want to ask you a question that, you know, there's a lot of people that would probably pay a lot of money to sit down with you for 30 minutes and ask you these questions. <laughs> and there's people that are going to hear this in Africa, throughout the uh, Pacific Asia area, Canada, Mexico, all over the world. So if you could share with them from your life experience, you've already shared so many great tips, but if you could narrow that down to three, what are three of the best tips that you would share with people around the world, no matter what walk of life they're in? Well, probably the ones I feel the most passionate about, I've probably already shared. Uh, one is order your life in a way that will, will really achieve success. Um, that, that as you look back on your life, you won't have regrets. And I think the best way to do that is to order your life with God, number one. And, and how do you do that? You truly make him number one. And how do you do that? You spend time with him. And how do you do that? You get out of bed. Um, sleep no longer than is necessary. I mean, I go to bed pretty early because my wife and I have a, a two 10-year-olds. And so we go to bed early. But I get up early when there's no phone and no computer on. I sit in the same chair every day. It's amazing, you know, I, I, my goal is to read 30 pages a day. Some people, it may be five pages, some 10, some 20, some 30. But for me, I, I try to read and generally read 30 pages out of the Word of God every day. And what that does for me is it helps. It starts my day early, and it starts my day off right, because the Scriptures say, um, seek the Lord early. And so I'm interpreting that as not only early in your life, but early in your day. And so that's how I'm starting my day. So you want to be successful, seek the Lord early in your life, uh, pray to him, ask for his will, and then throughout your day, just talk to him like a, like a, like a father to a son, okay? Uh, a friend to a friend. Um, and that's made a huge difference. I've got to tell you, a huge difference in my life. Um, so ordering your life with the right priorities, that would be number one. Um, Number two, I guess, is that if you're still breathing, you still have work to do. Uh, you can still go out and influence people. Hmm. Um, and so don't believe that your best days are behind you. I, one of my favorite poems, I guess, I, kind of, I don't even know who wrote it. I should, have, I should look it up, but I learned it when I was like in my early 20s. And it goes, I think, something like this. Um, and there's been a lot of times in my life when I've really been down, you know, going through a divorce is one of those things that you hope nobody ever has to do in their life. Um, but I said this poem a lot in my life during that time, and it goes like this. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, and when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, and when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, and when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Because life is queer with its twists and turns, as all of us sometimes learn. And many a struggler turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Success is failure turned inside out. 
So stick to the task when you're hardest hit. It's when things seem worse that you mustn't quit. So you can quit on things, but don't quit on yourself. Make God a priority in your life. Determine what it is, what your why is, what your gifts are. Um, make a values and a mission statement for your life and say, these are the things that I'm unwilling to compromise on. And then find an organization that you feel like you can be valued in, where they celebrate people who try their hardest, uh, where you feel like you can get in and be a part of the team and really feel like it instead of just putting in, an out, putting in your hours. Um, those are a few things that I think are meaningful, that are meaningful in my life. You know, every company has a culture and becoming your best has a culture. The company that, as you're listening to this, what you work, who you work with has a culture. When I do this direct selling thing again, because that's kind of where my gifting is. I love people. I love helping people. And I'll tell you, Rob, it's been so rewarding to do. Yes, we've done billions of dollars around the world in sales, but but I love the I love the underdog stories. My my sister, for example, went through a divorce in in the '80s and was left with five kids, two with a terminal disease, without a college education. And I told her about a company I'd gotten involved with, and she got started. She made a check a few weeks later, and it's been 25 years, and she's made an income every week since then. Because she she looked in the mirror and said, "If it is to be, it's up to me. I don't have an education." And so direct selling is a vehicle for people who. You know, there's no there's no ceiling on whether you're a man or a woman, the color of your skin. So um, I'm looking forward to starting another venture and, and providing a safe haven, a safe home for people around the world to go out and, and hopefully create some additional income and also talk to them and teach them about values that will hopefully help them become better husbands and fathers and wives and mothers and children and grandparents and things like that because the world is in need of leadership. Uh, people are looking for people to follow. But the scriptures say you shouldn't follow. You know, don't put your trust in the arm of flesh. And even though I appreciated those nice things you said about me, listen, I'm I'm, I'm poor, wretched, and blind, you know, and I know the source of, of, of all good gifts. And so uh, we've got to be careful not to do any hero or idol worship of any human being, uh, but we worship the Almighty God. And as long as we keep it there, then I think he will bless us. Um, so let's, let's work on ourselves spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, emotionally, the whole person. And I think that's what becoming your best, what you guys are doing there. So that's why I'm really honored to be a guest of yours today, Ron. Well, thank you, Don. And that's fabulous advice. Again, I'm taking notes here and I hope that our listeners uh, took some notes and, you know, if nothing else, maybe just in your life, whoever's listening, wherever you're listening, write down one, two or three things that you can start doing today from his advice. What is it that you could actually take? Can I give him a, a goal? Sure, absolutely. Here's my, here's what I, my time would have been well spent today if someone on this call makes a commitment that starting, say tomorrow or today, I don't know what time of the day or night you're going to be listening to this, to pick up the Word of God and read. Doesn't, I don't care if you start in Genesis or where you start, but make a commitment. And, I, and I'm going to also offer a challenge that before you do so, and maybe it's been a while since you've, since you've had a relationship or, or a conversation with God, but, but you say, listen, I, I want to come closer to you, and I want to show you that it's important to me. And so I'm going to start today by opening up your word, and I hope that by doing that, 
my hope is that I will feel your spirit moving in my heart and my life and that you'll start directing my paths because I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. Uh, I need your help. And it's my belief that if, if one person will do that, then that person's going to be a changed person, become a better person for their family and in their own life. And they can go out there and influence one who will influence one. And that's how change happens. Because wasn't it gone that said, don't ever believe that a, a handful of committed people can't change the world because, in fact, it's the only thing that ever has. Um, and so that's a challenge I'd like to issue to your audience today. You know, that's great. And it's something that a lot of times in our culture we just don't talk about anymore. We feel like we're walking on eggshells if we talk about that. And so I think that's fabulous advice. Well, we're going to get ready to wind down the podcast here, but a couple more questions. And this one you don't need to take long on whatever time you want to take or whatever you want to share. But what's a writer downer? If you had to just part with a quote or a comment, what would that be for our listeners? Oh. <laughs> Putting you on the spot there. Well, I guess um, I like that poem by, you know, on Don't Quit because I see a lot of people quitting on themselves and on their families and uh, life. Um, so I, I repeat that to myself quite often. And uh, I also, I love the Ten Commandments and I repeat those. I, I learned that in, in my youth uh, and, and I, I often repeat those. So there's no really... There's a lot of different scriptures I love, but I guess there's really honestly, being authentic, there's not one thing that I say, this is, this is what's most important, or this is the quote that means the most to me. You know, let me go back. You just said it again, Dallin. You said authentic, and that's a word I wrote down earlier, is being authentic. And I don't want to get into a long story here, but I was driving home with my son yesterday, and we were talking about, you know, what is normal in a school? Mm. Do we want to be normal? Do we want to be one of the crowd? Or do we want to be a little bit abnormal? <laughs> and in my opinion, I think we want to be a little bit abnormal. We want to be authentic and be ourselves. And we don't have to necessarily fit in with the world and what everyone else is doing. And we don't have to uh, put on this display that's not who we are. And that's one of the things I agree with you. I mean, it's one of my notes that I took. What you said makes a leader. If we can't be authentic, then who are we? And so, you know, I just want to reiterate that. You said it again, and that's something that's important to highlight. Well, as we well get, as one thing came to my mind, though, as you said that about your son, is that this is what I, I guess what gives me confidence. And when I was in that high school auditorium, and I said, it's just not my time yet, but I know that, it's, that I was born for great things, is because that was instilled in me. And, and if you're listening on this, and that has never been instilled in you yet, I want you to know that even though we've never met, I know this about you, that you have a spark of the divine inside of you. And um, what God created, God has never made anything out of failure, okay? God created you to win in magnificent fashion. And so if you'll just remember that you have a spark of the divine and that you are indeed a child of a God who created this vast universe. And sometimes we feel, we feel small in this universe, but I absolutely believe with every fiber of my being that there's a God who knows me and who values me. And uh, that's important to me when I get down on myself or feel like, like I'm not reaching my potential. I'm willing to get up the next day because he, he loved me enough to create me. So I guess that's something that, that's probably at the core of and when you say something to write down, that's too long to write down. Unless you just want to write down these words, I am a child of God and God doesn't make things to fail. I love that quote. That is a writer downer. <laughs> Well, Dallin, uh, last question. Maybe you can share with our listeners how could, they could find you, find out more about you. 
you know, you have life lessons on Facebook and some other places. It'd be great if they could go find those videos, watch sure. them. So maybe just how could people get a hold of you, get in touch with you, anything well, started, that you could give them value? I started uh, recording these life lessons, and people said, Dallin, why don't you write a book about your experience? And I said, until everyone's read the Bible, I mean, do we really need another book? Uh, so I'm not writing a book, but I am I am videoing some different life lessons I've learned along this journey so far. And um, But really where I'm spending my time right now is putting together the, a, a new company. I, I love birthing things. I love creating things. And I'm an entrepreneur, and so that's what I'm doing pretty much every day right now. I'm planning on launching it next July of 2016 in several countries around the world, and will eventually, I believe, be another global enterprise. Uh, but my, my, my website is dallinlarsen.com. That's D-A-L-L-I-N, Larson, L-A-R-S-E-N. I am Danish, dallinlarsen.com. My Facebook is um, Dallin A. Larson. Um, and my email, if you want to email me, is dallin at dallinlarsen.com. Wonderful. And I invite everyone, encourage you to go look at that website. I've been through it, watched many of those videos. They're inspiring there's so much great content there that could influence a leader, a, a spouse, a parent, you know, anybody, anywhere would be uh, wise to go there. And I know you could get a lot from it. So also keep your ear to the ground. When Dallin starts this company, man, I would love to be a part of it. So keep your ear to the ground. I think you said July of 2016. Is that right, Dallin? Yep. July of next year, we'll do a pre-launch for the rest of the year and uh, official launch January 2017. That's, that's the initial plan right now. So if nothing else, I just go throw on your calendar, July 2016, you know, look up Dallin Larson, see what he's doing. Get in early on the ground floor with him because I know that will be successful with him at the helm. Well, hey, thank you so much, Dallin, for joining us for this podcast. You are an amazing person, a great friend. You're an influencer in the world and you're doing some incredible things out there. So keep it up. Well, thanks, and ditto to everything you said for becoming your best. Appreciate all the good work you guys are doing around the world. And once again, I appreciate you allowing me to win one time. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty more victories in our, in our future there for you. <laughs> thanks, Rob, and thanks to everybody, and onward and upward, everyone. Let's go out and change the world one person at a time. Hey, amen to that. And to all of our BYB family and podcast listeners, never forget that one person can make a difference and that you can be the ripple effect. Also, remember, go to becomingyourbest.com today. Put in your first name and email. You'll get a powerful weekly email every week. It's free to you. It's a gift and a service. So, hey, thanks for joining us today. Have a wonderful, outstanding day. My name is Rob Schallenberger, wishing you a great week. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating and review is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.